Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Suze Lajadai, formerly actually of Beckett Media, formerly of Tops, and now kind of on her own uh, with respect to the hobby, but she has Card Chat, which I'm enjoying subscribing to that. As you know, I love to subscribe to everything, but all things in the hobby are not created equal, and uh, this is one of the good ones. Very, very, very well done, Suze. Before uh, we get to Suze's hobby journey and story, which will be very interesting, thanks sponsors, Tops. Panini, Upper Deck, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, as well as Huggins and Scott Auctions and Heritage Auctions. Suze, you've worked for two out of those seven, and uh, that's some measure of distinction, and you've lived to tell about it. So tell us about your hobby journey and, and uh, leading up to that, because I, I think Beckett Media was your first formal hobby uh, job. But uh, again, welcome to the show. And I, I've been wanting to do this, and you've uh, I don't know that you've alluded because I think you've been really busy, but uh, I've been busy too, and so glad we're sitting down to talk today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited for this because yes, Beckett Media was my first formal job, and like it's cool to sit down and talk to the you know the guy whose company's name was on my paycheck. So that was kind of cool. But you know, like a lot of other collectors, I got my start in the hobby as a kid. You know, my my brother and my cousin, I'd watch them trading their cards and you know, I'd want my own, but like, they're like, no, these are our cards. And I'm like, fine. So, you know, my mom would send me to the corner store and this is about like 10, 11 years old, go to the corner store to buy some milk. And I would take the extra change, buy a couple packs of cards. And you could do that back then. You can't really do that anymore, but you could do that back then. And that's how I got my start with collecting my own cards. And as I got older and I got my own part-time job, now we're talking like 96, 97, 98, I'm buying cards off of eBay, writing checks, literally like writing check after check after check. So, and sending them, taking like two, three weeks, you know, to even get cards, which now if that happened, people are going crazy, but that was the norm back then because the check has to clear and then they have to send the cards and it was a whole big thing. So and that's really what I was buying, like Derek Jeter lots at the time, because that's with my, that was even back then, that was always the focus of my collection because I was, you know, 16 years old in 1996 and Yankees win the World Series, Derek Jeter's rookie of the year. How can I not fall in love with a guy? Like that became my favorite player right away. And then just to fast forward, around like 2000, three, 2002, maybe, or four, somewhere in that area, my friend Marie and I created a blog because like I, I took what I know and that is writing. I was a sports journalist at the time um, working for a newspaper. So I took what I know, writing and my love of cards and we turned it into a, a blog, a cardboard problem. And it became pretty popular admittedly because here were two women who were collecting trading cards and talking the norm, so to speak. And even now there's, it's more male, male dominated hobby than female, but it became pretty popular very quickly. And through that, I got to know so many people within the hobby, including Chris Olds, who worked at Beckett at the time. And he was like, hey, do you want to run some freelance for Beckett? You know, we could use some extra help. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds wonderful. Like, to me, it was like, not, not that, like, I'm laying it nonchalant, but at the time, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I get a chance to write about my hobby and get paid for it. How cool. Well, um, you, you had a sports writing job at the same time, right? You were yeah, I was a sports journalist. So you time. had a job, but and this was for the magazine or for the website or for all the above? Both. So it was a couple of articles that would appear on the site, but then they, you know, they use them for print as well. And that's cool. And I think, you know, like you see your name in print and it's always so cool. So uh, when I got those magazines, I was like a little kid, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So then, and then through the, my, then through working at Beckett, a job opening came and I uh, became the basketball, football and hockey writer, hockey editor for those three magazines. And I did that for two years. And, you know, lucky enough through that, job I you know I met so many industry people and I saw a job opening at Tops and I was still and I lived in New York I was working remotely and reached out to people I knew at Tops and they invited me in for an interview and a week later I got offered the job 
So I became a sports editor at Tops for my first job there. And it was, you got to pick, essentially, there's a lot more to it, but I always say, you got to pick the pictures that went on the cards. That was the crux of the job. And like that to me, Again, I'm, again, I'm like this, like a grown adult. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like a little kid walking into this place. I'm like, how cool was it that I got to like pick the pictures that I went on the front of the front of these cards? So you're you're just starting in your career, and you've worked for well, you, again, you've done the sports uh, journalism stuff, but that now you've worked for two, I shouldn't say, well, at least one iconic company, and and then uh, probably and certainly the leading price guide company. But that must have been really exciting. It was for getting paid to do something you love. And I know when we were trying to hire people, we were always looking for people who had the passion, but you have that extra element and that's called skill. You know, we had a lot of people that wanted to come work for us because they had the passion, but they didn't always have the skill. And so I've seen your writing, you're an excellent writer. So the passion and the skill is a great combination. I'm sure Tops recognize that, but are you more, art- uh, I thought you were more literary than artistic. I mean, when you're, because you, so you're not writing card backs, you're picking the photos. Yeah. Is so that something that's another one of your skills. Well, you know, as a journalist, as something, you know, you, you worked with images as well. Like, what kind of art would go on the page with your article? So I was actually, I was a sports writer for 15 years. Like, I was in the newspaper industry for 15 years. So I didn't just, I was on, like, some, like, hey, I'm, you know, I just did this for a little while. And then especially while working at Beckett, as the editor, now you're, like, now you're in it. Like, you're picking what image, like, when you're, like, on a newspaper, you kind of have, like, some involvement and you're looking at it, but you're not, like, you're not the editor. You're not the final person at the magazine, like you're that person. So you have to make sure like your images are complementing what's going on with your article. So when it came to the time of Tom, so now to pick the images, like that's what, that was cool too. It was like, what is going to make this card look the best? And, you know, I always said, and I did stadium club for a couple of years and that was my favorite thing to do with stadium club. And I always said like, you know, I'm sitting there scrolling through Getty images and that's where they got the pictures. I looked for pictures that gave me an emotional reaction because if it made me like, this is cool or this is crazy or what, it, like I wanted to have some sort of reaction to it because I knew somebody else would feel the same way about it. Well, each of the, I don't know that collectors understand this, but you certainly do from being on both sides of the table is that uh, each brand that the company has, not just Tops, kind of has, is known for uh, photography or for some, some brand distinction. And that's kind of stadium clubs, right? Yeah, Stadium Club is photography, and that's what you know, that's what was exciting about it is that it gave you it because, like you said, there's different. Some cards don't require a lot of sort of like artistic license to it. Like it needs to be a headshot. It needs to be this. Where Stadium Club, like it was like a canvas. You were given free reign to pick the images that you wanted, and that was really exciting to have that type of uh, you know sort of influence on the product. But not to do something basic, but to do something that stood out. So I, I imagine that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, some of the people. I mean, I, I think a lot of the listeners don't understand everything that goes into making up a card. They, they think it's, it must be pretty simple. But I think there's a lot more steps and actually a lot of things that can go wrong. But So you really enjoyed your days at, at Tops, I would imagine. Yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it was a dream. Like you grow up being a collector and you, you can't ever imagine like, cool, I'm going to go. And that card I collected 20 years ago, I'm now going to be that person where I'm making a card and collectors are collecting that card. Like that to me is just, it's pretty awesome. Was uh, going to the card shows or like the national, was that one of the perks of the jobs or was that one of the things you just had to do, whether it was Beckett Media or Tops? Were, were those really exciting times for you or just you just uh, got it out? You seem to be having a good time the time I saw you there. I love the national. That's like, this is the week too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> all, all of uh, all of our people, Sue's. Yeah. <laughs> and the best part of the national, I love cards, obviously, but the best part of the national is seeing the people that maybe you only get to see one time a year. So here are people you may talk to in email or text messages or social media, 
But to sit down and actually get to talk to them face to face, have dinner with them, have like real conversations and just like, you know, really connect with people. That's what the Nationals really about. So while when I was at Tops or Beckett and I'm working, I still had those moments. I, I would if I wasn't if I wasn't and this year I'm not working for either. Had there not been a pandemic, I would have gone to the National because right. that's where I want to be. Right. Were you uh, at either place? I mean, are you a traditional journalist in the sense that, you know, because I regard blogging as being pretty close to traditional journalism, just in a digital form, but social media seems to be so highly interactive and and non-literary, but I mean, it's there's no punctuation, there's no capitalization, there's a lot of informality. Are, are you, uh, uh, how big are you with uh, social media? I think you've got, I'm pretty sure you're, I mean, I'm not real big on that, but I, I think you've got pretty good following, right? Yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter for like card stuff. I have a little Instagram for cards, but I don't really use it a lot. Twitter is my big thing. I, I, I like Twitter because I think it's a good place to find news and interact with people. I really enjoy it a lot. And I don't tend to, I'm trying, like I, I post opinions on there, but I try to also keep it fair in, in that sense. So like I still use social media in a way that I'm very... Uh, I'm mindful of what I'm posting when I post on social media. Well, you know, the, I've had people say they want to encourage me to do more social media. And I think I would if I was promoting something besides my podcast, which is kind of my daily social media. But for you, what are some of your goals with Twitter just to keep up with what's going on? Or are you in any sense funneling them to your card chat or, or any other kinds of uh, things? Or what, what's, what are your objectives there? I mean, what, what? Yeah, I think the first is connecting with people, with like-minded people, because you know, collecting is a very unique hobby. And while we're seeing a lot more people in it right now, you know, for years, I think it was harder to find people. And before social media, blogs was the way to find those connections. So the first thing is to find people who are into collecting because I, I enjoy the conversations. I enjoy seeing other people's collections. Then I also use it to get news. Like today, I'm learning about different things happening in baseball this morning, and I got them all off of Twitter. Yeah. And then and then, yeah, I do funnel whenever I have something, if it's a new blog post or promoting my newsletter. But that tends to be like, maybe like 10% of what I'm posting. The other stuff is really just, you know, talking about cards and connecting with people is probably the bulk of it. So it's, it's 90% fun and 10% chore. It's all fun. 100% fun. <laughs> it's all fun, yeah. Well, that's said, said from a, a wordsmith who has words uh, come out uh, sounding good uh, for, for uh, makes, uh, makes a living off that. I, I'm a little bit more of a numbers guy, but, but <laughs> I like words too. So tell us about card chat. Is that, is that, that's fairly recent, right? Yeah, so Car Chat actually started as just a Twitter chat, which is like every once a week I would post six questions on Twitter in an hour and people then would respond with like different things. And it could be about any topic. And about two months ago, I decided, you know, I wanted to create a newsletter for trading cards because I, I don't think that there's a lot of that out there right now. And I thought that there was, you know, a place where I could do something because one, as we said, I love words. I love to write. And, you know, it, it would give me a chance to connect with people in another way as well. So because I had Car Chat and that was kind of like I had the Twitter chat for about 10 years at this point, I thought it was just a really good name to just keep it with it because it was sort of like on brand for me. So we go back to now what I do with my real life in my, my normal life is marketing. So I was like, that's pretty on brand to use the card chat name. So we stuck with it. And my husband, Dan also writes for it as well, because, you know, we all, he is also a card collector. And so it really gives us both a, he's a writer as well and an editor. So we kind of have these skills that we use that we thought we can share with people with other, with other collectors. I am shocked when I, you know, I, I visited with the Jeremy Lee and he had the idea to do a, a show on YouTube and he called, he, did, he wanted to call it sports card, sports cards live. And to his amazement and mine too, that name had not been taken. And now I'm talking to you and card chat, which is uh, 
brilliantly succinct, <laughs> pithy, terse, whatever you want to say, and, uh, and to the point, and it's not taken. So I just, I, I'm just, that's, that's, uh, that's very cool. So I think it's aptly named. You're doing a great job. So how can people uh, follow you or, you know, I, I'm just Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights and Dr. James Beckett at gmail.com. Those are my two possibilities. I'm not giving out my phone at this time, but uh, how do you want people to uh, follow you or reach you, Susan? So they can find me on Twitter. Like I said, Twitter is my biggest platform that I use. And that's at Yankschick, Y-A-N-X-C-H-I-C-K. Because I thought that was really cool to go with an X as opposed to that K-S. Which, not that anybody cares, it's actually was like my second ever AOL screen name. So I just stuck with it for for now 20 years. And then for the newsletter, they can sign up at cardchat.substack.com. That's the, Substack is the the newsletter platform. So it's cardchat.substack.com. That's a... Well, uh, like I said, I highly recommend it. I am a subscriber. I went to uh, to uh, where Sue said to go, and I'm looking forward to. I guess like, they're once a week, right? Yeah, once a week they come out. Well, I will, uh, and they're pushed to me. I'm, I'm kind of a more of a push guy, you know, where you send it to me, and then I don't have to think about it. So I'm I'm old school, I suppose. But Sue's, you're you're doing uh, great. I'm glad you had a stint at Beckett Media and enlightened them for a while at Tops, and uh, I wish you well in your current endeavors. We're out of time, folks. Listeners, another excellent guest today. And I'll be back tomorrow again with, with somebody else, not, not as literary, perhaps. So again, Suze, thanks. Thanks, listeners. Be back tomorrow.